and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, week 13, officially in the books, rivalry week is now over, and we now head to conference championship week, the biggest week of the entire season. Four teams are trying to punch their ticket into the college football playoff. There's about seven teams that could make their case to getting in to that college football playoff. It should be a wild time this upcoming weekend. I'm looking forward to the championships going on. Uh, like you said, rivalry week was very entertaining. There were a couple games that were, I believe, unfortunately thrown in due to a couple coaching changes, which we will go into in a little bit. Whew. But yeah. overall, uh, survive in advance for a lot of these teams? Well, for this past weekend, that was definitely the case for a bunch of them. A lot of them saved their chances of making the college football playoff. A lot of them punched their ticket into their respective conference championship games. And they're now looking to get one step closer to being one of those final four teams in the last year of this final four playoff format before we go to 12 teams next year. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what teams get in. Now, there's a couple teams, as it as it kind of lays right now, the winner of the Pac-12 will most likely get in. Uh, Georgia will most likely get in with a win. Uh, Florida State, if they win, they're in. Pretty much all of these teams, if they win, are in besides Georgia. I think they, they're even in with a loss right now. Uh, I think we'll talk, we should talk about this later on the show when we do our final four predictions, because there is a scenario where Georgia could miss it if they lose to Alabama. And I think that'd be an insane scenario, but we'll go into it. I think that's definitely a big debate that could come up and we'll bring up all the scenarios that we could see happening this upcoming Saturday and Sunday, because as we know, the conference championship week takes place on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is when they release the final four teams. So we will find out Sunday who those final four will be, but Let's start off with this past weekend's game, and we start off with Week 13's first game. That was on Friday, Oregon taking on Oregon State. It was simple for the Ducks. Win, you're going to the Pac-12 championship game, and a loss would officially eliminate you from the college football playoff, but Oregon had no problem in this game against their rivals, the Oregon State Beavers. They won this one convincingly, move on to the Pac-12 championship game in a rematch with Washington as they beat Oregon State 31-7. Another strong game for Bo Nix as he continues his Heisman candidacy. And now for Oregon, as I mentioned, they place Washington in the Pac-12 title game, a chance to avenge their only loss of the season. And, Johnson, you can speak about this. Oregon State now, they're going to be looking for a new head coach. But actually, I believe they've already named their new head coach. I believe the defensive coordinator is now the new head coach of the team. But their former head coach, Jonathan Smith, is now being go is now going to be moving to the Big Ten. Yeah, now I can't really fault him for the situation. I mean, he has to look after himself uh, after himself first after the Pac-2 emerge. Uh, they have a deal of the Mountain West right now, which I'm sure we can kind of touch upon later. But yeah. it, listen, he want, he is a definite Power 5 coach, and he deserves to be at that school. Now, it does suck, however, because this doesn't happen overnight. This doesn't happen. You don't get a coaching job in a week. This was ha- They were talking about this for probably three to four weeks at a minimum, right? So let's talk about Oregon State over the last couple of weeks, right? Because this game was definitely phoned in when you take a look, take into account that they didn't run as many practices and they had half days and all this stuff. Oregon State lost two in a row, right? Yeah. I would say that he wasn't really he was he's been talking about this before, or at least maybe during the Stanford game, the last two weeks at a minimum. So I think it's safe to say if he didn't phone this in, he was really playing for another job. I think he would have been Washington. I think he would have been Oregon. 
I think he didn't game plan properly enough, and that sucks for these these kids that work their entire life to get to a moment like this, and then the kind of, the rug gets pulled under you. But that's life. So I can't fault him for leaving, but at the other hand, it kind of sucks that this is the way he went out because that's how he's going to be known at Oregon State now. Yeah, I mean, they had a really good chance against Washington to win that game considering the fact they only lost by two points. And now, the, you know, their last encounter with Oregon because Oregon's going to the Big Ten, so we don't know what the future is between this rivalry, between those two teams. But as you mentioned, it looks like Oregon State and Washington State are going to be playing a Mountain West type of schedule. I don't think they've officially been announced to be moving to the Mountain West just yet, but you would tend to think that maybe they are going to be two of the favorites to win the Mountain West in the near future for that conference if they are to join that. But now he goes to Michigan State to join the Big Ten. It won't be easy because the Big Ten is getting a lot better going into next season with the additions of teams like Oregon, as I mentioned, and USC, UCLA, to name a few. And the already powerhouses of that conference and like teams like Ohio State and Michigan, in which – We'll touch upon their game later on in the show, but definitely a changing of the ties for both of these teams. And now for Oregon, it's pretty much simple. You mentioned it earlier. A, it's basically, it seems to be a winning in scenario for the Pac-12 championship game. And we'll talk about what happened with Washington this past week because they also had a pretty tough scare against another rival of theirs. But it looks to be a winning in scenario for the Pac-12. I mean, I'm not really sold on the win it's in, winning in because you can I make feel the like case. If, I, listen, I feel like if Oregon wins, I wouldn't put him in here. That I'm has, sorry. That if has the been other four, I, I would have. Listen, I think Texas is. Uh, we can talk about this all day. Um, I think the Alabama win that Texas has is better. Is going to be better than beating Washington. I'm sorry. I think that's a better win. I think what the committee is going to have to look at is Oregon's strength of schedule. I think that's really the only thing that's hurting Oregon. It hasn't hurt them right now as of this moment, but that could be something that hurts them at the end of the run if they were, let's say, to beat Washington. Um, you would tend to think, because they're number five already, that that would probably put them into the college football playoff. But there has been you know, that scenario where people say Texas beat Alabama, and Texas, if they win the Big 12 championship game, you have to think that maybe that puts them in. And let's think of this also. But you talked about the Georgia game earlier. What if Alabama beats Georgia? That not only helps Alabama, that actually helps Texas a lot more. Because that's... If you- Alabama wins, and if, if Alabama and both Texas win, yeah. they're, they, are married at the hip. they are married at the hip. You cannot move, you cannot put Alabama in without putting Texas in in that scenario. So that right. really muddies the water. Yeah, I think I have to say that this is a crazy time because there, like I said, there's about six to seven teams that are going into this weekend saying, here's what we have to do to make the college football playoff. This is what we have to get done. And all we need is this scenario to happen, this scenario to happen. There's so many scenarios going into the weekend, which is really what makes all this so fun for people like us that are getting to talk about this going in to this upcoming Friday, Saturday, and then ultimately Sunday to find out who the final four teams are. Yeah, and I do have a couple statements on Texas and Alabama later on, but that'll be during their uh, respective times during the show. But let's talk about the next show. Um, next show, excuse me. The next team, Washington. Over- surviving Washington State in the Apple Cup, probably the last Apple Cup for the foreseeable future. Right. And this was a tie game going into the half. It was very close. It was tied up until the very last minutes of the game. This was a game in which Washington was backed into their own territory, and we were there to watch this game, not in person, but on the television. 
a, a, a play in which Washington had fourth down and two inside their own 29-yard line, I believe, and they ran a fake inside handoff jet sweep to get the first down, put themselves near field goal range. They were able to get into field goal range. Now, credit the way that they were trying to get their field goal, because they were trying to get a touchdown originally, they almost threw the game away. But Washington does hit a last-second field goal. They barely escaped this one against Washington State 24-21, saving their chances of making the college football playoff. And now they get their rematch with Oregon. Um, I will say this. Washington has not looked like the Saints here these past couple weeks, and that's why when we talk about it later, you'll see why the spread for this upcoming Washington-Oregon game is not the same as we had earlier in the season between these two teams. But Washington has has had one possession wins in each of their last three games. So that is something to note going in to this Pac-12 championship game. Again, this is uh, something I have to say, but later on when we see Alabama-Texas about those early wins in the season, like you kind of just said, it's it's so, I mean, I really want to go into it now, but I'll I'll, I'll have to wait. And, you know, I'll wait well, my turn. There. I'm not going to really skip anything. So let's just go to the next game. Let's talk about Florida, Florida. Let's talk about Florida and Florida State. It looked like that Florida State was once again playing down the competition. However, they come back, they win, they even beat the they beat the spread, so they cover here. They did, and they're still very undefeated, number four in the country, and they're in a win win in your end scenario, pretty much. I can't see if Florida State wins, I and they beat Louisville. This is going to be tough because they there are still people saying that even if they beat Louisville, can you put them in? Now, I would tend yes. to think you have to because they're going to be an undefeated Power Five conference champion. That is without um, a doubt. You have to put them in now. The committee now. The, the, there was a whole thing that I watched in the playoff poll reaction, in which you know you want to put the best four teams that have the best competition and best players out there. And now the and there's people saying that should you put Florida State out there now with backup quarterback Tade Rodmaker as the QB right now? Now, if listen, he wins the championship, yes, he should. Right. It's not to fault him. He played this game. He pretty much was game managing this entire one. We expected that to happen against Florida. You have to try to see what he can give you going into this game against Louisville because Louisville will give them a tough time. And we saw what happened to Louisville this past Saturday, losing to Kentucky. But for Florida State, it's pretty much down to this. I tend to agree with you. I think if they do beat Louisville, I, be- I would tend to think that they get into the college football playoff. I don't think it will be easy. I think Louisville will definitely give them a run for their money. But I would tend to think if Florida State can hang on, they should be in the college football playoff this season. Do I think they can get far farther than the semifinal game? Probably no. not. I don't see them beating a team like Georgia or Michigan or even one of those Pac-12 teams in Washington and Oregon potentially. I, I, I would tend to think that they are probably right now and it's nothing. It's not really to the discretion of them. I think without not having Jordan Travis for this playoff run, it really just hurts the identity of this offense because they have to run the football a lot more than they usually do in this past week's game against Florida. That's an excellent, excellent point. But here's why I don't think they can get jumped. If they if the top four teams, if the top four seeds win, right? So Georgia wins number one, Michigan number two, Michigan wins number three, Washington uh, Washington wins, and if number four, Florida State wins, how would any of these teams jump them? Now there's the doomsday scenario, right? Do you put Alabama in over Florida State? I'm still gonna say no, and we're going to this a little bit. I keep on alluding to this, but I have a whole explanation about why that can't happen. 
There's just so, like I said, there's just so many scenarios, and we saw what happened with Alabama. We didn't, we almost forgot to mention their game. That crazy fourth and goal situation at their own, what was at the Auburn, what 31, 32 yard line, and they were able to get a touchdown. Not only saving their their season, but keeping them alive in the playoff race. And you would think if they had a more convincing win, maybe they could have moved up in the polls. A lot of people were. You know, talk about the Ohio State and Michigan thing, and See, we'll talk about what happened with that ranking. I'm, I'm going to touch upon this game too because yeah. I, I kind of purposely led this for right now. You mentioned that game, right? They had no business winning that game, absolutely none. Auburn probably had a 99.9 percent chance of winning with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, well, especially on that really. last play. Absolutely unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. Now, you want to talk about the best team in the playoffs? If Alabama beats Georgia, they cannot jump Florida State. And I'm going to say this why. Because Florida State has shown consistency all year long. And if Alabama were to beat Georgia, that means they'd also be jumping Texas as well. And I'm just going to go out and lay the scenario out, right? So if Alabama beats Georgia, that means they'd have to jump Florida State and they'd have to jump Texas, right? Okay. Because assuming Texas and Florida State both win the scenario, they'd have to jump both of them. So now you're telling me after preach the committee has been preaching for years. Oh, every every game counts. Your season can end in in September if you lose to one of these teams. If that's the case, then the committee's been on a bunch of bullshit this entire time because they're going to give a, an Alabama team that lost to Texas earlier in the season a playoff spot just because they beat Georgia. That's why I don't think it could happen. If the, the committee they, Texas winning is crucial because it now forces the committee to either flat out admit that, nope, these games early in the season don't matter. It's what happens at the end of the year that matters the most. And they, or, or they can just say, you know what? Yeah, we've been consistent, even though that you did beat Georgia. That's great. Get you number five. Congratulations on your New Year's, on the premier New Year's Six Bowl. Right. That's that's to me why it can't. That's that's why it can't happen. Either the committee has to come out and say, "Yep, we've been lying the last you know decade or so." Sucks to be you guys. Oh well, we're gonna do whatever we want. I think they will do that. To be honest with you, I have the a committee bad doesn't feeling. really care. I have a bad feeling. It's that... run by a bunch of out of touch. It, it, I was gonna say out of touch old men, but that'd be there's women, there's men and women on this committee, but it's people that is completely out of touch with reality. That have that that probably think the best metrics to rank teams are points per game. So, if the committee's going to end up doing this, I think you just have to throw it all out and just get a whole brand new committee at this point. Well, that's you have to a, restructure it. That's kind of a reason why they're moving to twelve teams next season, just so that you know there's really a and I like it because like teams won't get teams won't get missed won't get uh you know miss out in this way or they, you hope they don't miss out, but it's just going to lead to stuff like oh you know it's ambiguous. This team should have gotten the eight seed, but you know we put them at four because you know we're the committee and we can do whatever we want. That's why I don't. That's why I'm a little feel fearful for it. But I'm I'm hoping it's a lot better. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll talk about that in a little bit about what we think. I think we should also give a scenario for each team that right now what they would need going into this upcoming weekend for Alabama. Uh, I mean, I'll go. I'll go later, and we can we'll talk about, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, I think. I think what we'll do, Johnson, is we had two other games scheduled. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk about the the game that happened this week. I think the other two that we had, we'll give a quick uh, anal- analysis of it. Uh, Kentucky beat Louisville this past weekend uh, on a last second touchdown with about a minute left in the game. 
that any, any hope that Louisville had of maybe being a dark horse to make the college football playoff. So now for Louisville, it's pretty much simple. If you beat Florida State this upcoming weekend, you spoil their season and you win the ACC championship game and you're going to go to I, the Orange Bowl, I'm pretty sure. So Louisville still has something to play for. They're, pl- they're vying for a New Year's Six Bowl. And the other game that we have to talk about, um, Oklahoma State, they had an over, a big double overtime win over BYU. They're going to the Big 12 championship game to take on Texas, the team that we've talked about a couple for a couple times in this show. And they will also have an opportunity to play, spoiler, this upcoming weekend and ruin Texas's chances of maybe making the college football playoff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, because spite is a very powerful factor here. You never can underestimate the power of spite and if someone just really wants to get over on someone. And I feel like it will happen here. It's going to feel like an old school ACC basketball matchup because God knows ACC football, uh, at least these two teams don't have a historic rivalry, but I know their basketball teams do. Yeah. Yeah, so I think those two conferences have some interesting matchups. You got two teams looking to get into the playoff. You got two teams looking to play spoiler and ruin their season for them and try to end their hopes of making the college football playoff. But one team's dream of making the college football playoff pretty much looks to be all but dead unless there is a crazy scenario that happens this coming weekend. And that's Ohio State Johnson as they fell to Michigan No, as to Ohio State making it again. Ohio State will not be in this t- championship, they, even even if multiple teams cannot get. If, if all teams suddenly die, I, Ohio State will not make there's it. There's like a there's like a, maybe like a I don't even know like zero maybe, uh, maybe like a point point like zero yeah point zero one something like that. I'll, I'll give a scenario into which maybe I could see Ohio State getting in, but I don't say I don't say it's possible anymore. Right, we'll get into that. Um, but Michigan they win a big time, get another big win over Ohio State. It's the third straight year they have beaten Ohio State. They will now go to the Big Ten Championship game to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. And fun and sad about this for a Michigan fan, first time they beat in Ohio State since, in three years in a row from 1995 to 1997. And 97, they did go to win that national championship that season. So the third year was their national championship year. Can they do it again this year? Still up for debate. But the Wolverines got a huge win. They now go to number two in the country as of this past playoff poll. And now Ohio State, they dropped down to six. And they would need a crazy scenario to even get some consideration to make the playoff. Can we talk about Ryan Day now? Can we finally talk about him? How he's the most overrated, overhyped coach that Ohio State has ever produced? You go 7-0 and if Urban Meyer, you go to Ryan Day, he can't get a win against Michigan. Can we talk about it? Ugh. He couldn't buy a win against Michigan. Michigan's head coach, interim head coach, has a bigger win than he does. Yeah, that was a big, that was a great win for Michigan. They proved a they proved a lot of people wrong because a lot of people were saying that because no Harbaugh was on the sideline, that Ohio State probably could win this game. And to Michigan's credit, they did what pretty much they did last season. They were able to run the football efficiently. That last drive of the game pretty much sealed it up for them. Michigan had the ball with about what was it eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They drained about seven minutes in that on that last drive to get a field goal to put them up six, and their defense forced a late interception to seal the win over the Buckeyes. And as I mentioned for Ohio State, it would take a lot for them to make the college football playoff now at this rate. Michigan is pretty much simple: win and you're in, and you're going to the college football playoff once again, and you're looking to 
make up for what happened last season after that tough defeat to TCU. Now, uh, I, I still want to harp on Michigan here because you want to talk about, the, I, I, listen, I know the whole sign, sign stealing stuff, we get it, but you knew Michigan's game plan coming in this game. You knew it was going to be ground and pound. That was going to be it. They're not going to throw the ball. And, and that's what to, happened. And I will say, to credit to J.J. McCarthy, he made some big-time throws in this game. So Michigan did throw the football a little bit more. Yeah, than I'm not saying he's incapable he, of doing yeah. it, but you knew the game plan. Like, yeah, it was going to yeah. be ground and pound. No Jim Harbaugh. Got to keep it on the ground, like 75 to 78% of the possession. So, you know, pretty much every single play or every other play they're running, they're running the ball. And Ohio State couldn't stop it. So, no head, no hardball. You know the playbook. Can't get a win. I think you got to fire Ryan Day. It would be but, interesting uh, but to listen, see because... As someone who likes the Ohio State sh- suffer, I hope he gets a lifetime extension there. Oh, I have some breaking news that I'll break it a little bit. Also, Johnson, a big-time quarterback's entering the transfer portal. Okay, so, that'll um, be interesting. I'll break that news in just a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think this is, this is tough time because what does Ohio State do with Ryan Day? I don't see it them firing him just yet because I don't know who realistically could replace him. You could go get Urban Meyer and bring him back, but how ethical really would that be if they were to do that? I don't know. I mean, we could talk about another head coach that's going somewhere now. Uh, talk about him. Same is, scenario, kind of. Yeah, if you want to break it up, go ahead. Uh, well, we'll go. Are we going to go into the head coaches right now? Are we going to finish we, this up first. We we can uh, go into the head coaches if we want, but we can finish if you want to finish it up quickly. We can. Uh, you know, let's just go into it. Bobby Petrino returned to Arkansas. <laughs> As their offensive coordinator, you want to talk about scandalous and ethical complaints about ethics? Look no further than Bobby Petrino. What does this mean for Arkansas? Are they are they throwing in the towel? They we they said they were back I a mean, couple of years ago. They're struggling as of the last couple of years. Is this them just waving the white flag saying you need, we're going to do anything we can do? You need some publicity, right? I think. Uh, what do they say about publicity? You know, it's not bad. No such thing. No such fan. There's no such thing, thing as bad publicity. Bad publicity. Right. So, good. listen, as long as he doesn't show up on a uh, with a neck brace and some, uh, you know, bandages and scars from a motorcycle accident, I think he's fine. Uh, you know, just he uh, shouldn't be riding the motorcycle with uh, yeah, with someone else. He should be riding the motorcycle by himself. Especially, it's okay to it's okay to take a spill on a motorcycle. Like it happens, you know. As long as you're not committing adultery with, on the side of it, but yeah, that's besides the point. Besides the point, he listen. He was he was the offensive coordinator at Texas A and M under Jimbo Fisher. Who we'll talk about Texas A and M in just a little bit, but maybe he could provide a spark that Arkansas is looking for offensively. Because you mentioned it, they have had some rough years the past couple of years. They haven't looked like the same team since Bobby Petrino was the head coach of them. This is why it's going to be so interesting because I don't know what's going to happen with all these head coaches. It's going to be really a sight to see. And we talked about A and M. Let's talk about them next, as they now have hired. Duke head coach Mike Elko. He is now going back to Texas A&M. Remember, he was the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M under Jimbo Fisher before he left to go coach Duke. So he now returns. He's going to coach Texas A&M this upcoming next season. And listen, he's coming off a great campaign with Duke. It's kind of the big news I'm going to allude to Johnson in just a second. So this is a good segue for me to break in that big news. But Duke now, a really good year for them. They lose their head coach, Mike Elko, and now they're going to lose their starting quarterback, Riley Leonard. He's going into the transfer portal. 
So oh, that sucks. That's a big yeah. Duke's having a rough couple of uh, couple days, and right now I'm gonna say the rumor is Notre Dame is apparently interested, and I would hate that. So uh, don't go to Notre Dame, please. Listen, the one thing I will say is winning nine games at D- at Duke football is like winning for fifteen games in the SEC. Right. Uh, I don't. I'm, listen, I'm not saying he's gonna be a home run at Texas A&M, but if he could win, uh, almost if he could sniff ten wins, right? He almost got ten wins at Duke. That would be worth a twelve wins in the SEC any day of the week with the way they. Because imagine now he's going to Texas A&M. No knock at Texas A&M's athletic, uh, their academic standards, but compared to Duke. They don't have to recruit rocket scientists. They can recruit guys that um, I don't want to say are not book smart, but they didn't come here to play school. And, and keep in mind, imagine what he can do with a recruiting class filled with those guys. Right. And keep in mind, let's think about what happened with A and M. Obviously, the rumor was originally that they were going to get Mark Stoops, but Stoops decided to stay at Kentucky. So Elko was their next best option. And think about what the Aggies did under. Mike Elko, a defense coordinator. That his last year there, they were nine and one that season in the COVID year with Jimbo Fisher in them. And remember what he did at Duke. They he went from a three and nine team in twenty twenty one to a nine and four team his first year on the job. So that's a big turnaround for Duke. And then they had another nine win season this this past year. So if you're a fan of Texas A and M, you gotta think of this as this guy has proven that you know he can build the program back to where they could potentially could be. And their defense really struggled this uh, this past season. And that's something they would like to fix going into this year. So especially with added, the additions of Texas and Oklahoma, there's going to be a lot more high-scoring offenses being added to this conference, especially with Alabama and LSU still around. Yeah, so with that being said, let's talk about the uh, – any other things you want to recap besides um... – before we go into the next segment, any other coaches you want to talk about? Uh, I'll bring up what Syracuse did in just a second. Um, there's some other uh, transfer portal. I'm looking at some news right now. I think you uh, talked about it earlier. Max Johnson go to North Carolina. He'll be the Drake May replacement, it looks like, potentially. Excellent, excellent quarterback at A&M. One of the better quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks in the country. That's not the best backup quarterback in the country. And no. they're going to get a good one. He's going to... Is it wrong? I think he's going to have a better season than Drake May just had. I don't think that's asking too much. Uh, I think I think it's capable. I think he's capable of having it. It could be capable, but will it happen? I don't know yet. I'm not really to. I'm not ready to say that. At I'm all. a firm believer in Max Johnson. I think that's a good get for uh, for UNC. Yeah, people the know quarterback him. play. The drop off will not be that much. And people know he is the son of former NFL quarterback Brad Johnson. I love that stat. That's always one of my favorite things to know about. But Max Johnson, um, Spencer Rattler, we saw it declared for the NFL draft today. So. He is no longer going to be at South Carolina, so he will be in this upcoming NFL draft. Curious to see where he gets potentially drafted to in the NFL, what round it will be. But we'll end this last segment. I'll talk about what Syracuse did, hiring uh, Georgia defensive back coach Fran Brown as their new head coach. And I told you, Johnson, I think this was kind of a win-win for Syracuse this year. You made a bowl game. You're bowl eligible. You fired Dino, which I've been asking for for a couple years now. And they're getting a guy in Fran Brown that is – you know, one of the better recruiting coaches in all of college football. There's a reason why Georgia's defensive backs have been pretty consistent the past couple of years. This is a guy that you would also appreciate. He was a former assistant at Rutgers. So I know you like to hear that. Oh, Scarlet Knights. And he's, you know, a guy that's learned under Matt Rule. I know Matt Rule's had some bad times in the NFL, but under in college when he was at Temple, that was when he had some pretty good years. He is also learned under Kirby Smart. And 
a guy that's been a defending two-time national champion the past two years, and potentially three if they can win again this year. That's pretty for me. That I, I don't hate the hire whatsoever. I heard rumors of Dan Mullen and Doug Marone. I was kind of hoping for that pipe dream, but I'm not. I don't mind this hire of Frank Brown if he can bring in some recruits to help Syracuse, especially with the new ACC coming in. Then maybe maybe I have some hope, but I'm not gonna you know build my hope up just yet. I'm gonna you know play it slow and see how it all turns out. Gotta temper your expectations, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do what I did with Dino that first hire because Dino had, you know, just came off. I believe, I'm trying to think of what college he was at. I think it was Central Michigan. Could be completely wrong about that. But I just know school in the Mac. It was some school in the Mac, yeah. It, it was eight years ago, too. So, like, it, it's been a while. But this is when, like, you know, he built up a program and he came to Syracuse. I said, oh, maybe he can make us better. And to his credit, he had some pretty decent years with Syracuse. But – this year, just oh, it was Bowling Green. That's why I mixed up. It was Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Um, but yeah, no. Listen, this guy's coming from Georgia. It's just gonna be his first head coaching gig. He's learned to some of the brighter minds in all of college football. I'm hoping that his recruiting methods can help Syracuse because that's been a, a huge issue for Syracuse these past couple of years. They have not been able to recruit. They mostly have had to get their players from the transfer portal. So we'll have to see what they do. But not, not you know. Get my expectations up just yet, so we'll see. With that being said, would you like to recap anything else before we head into the mushing hour? Uh, do you want to talk quickly about these uh, uh, previous college football playoff uh, rankings that we just had before we get I'll into get... the mushing hour? Because we're going to obviously give you, us our um, predictions of what happens this coming weekend and the scenarios for these teams. But there was a bit of a shakeup, obviously, with the Ohio State and Michigan game. Uh, some team, had, Ohio State, definitely moved down because of their loss to Michigan. They now dropped the sixth in the playoff poll. Uh, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Oregon all respectively jumped up a spot. So that's why we say that with a three and five scenario of Washington and Oregon, potentially could be a, a winning in scenario for those two teams. For the rest of the conference, for the rest of the uh, top ten as it is, Texas is still seven. Alabama is still eight. For those two teams to make the college football playoff, not only will they have to win their respective championship games, but there still might be a scenario in which they might need one or two teams to lose if they both want to make it. So there's still a lot to be played for this upcoming weekend. Absolutely. And I think we'll go into the uh, the mushing hour now. Yes, we will. And it's a big week. Conference championship week, the best week, in my opinion, in all of college football. And we're going to cover each game, not only the Power Five. We're going to give you some of the uh, non-Power Five. Ten games this week for the respective conference championship games. And, boy, we got some really good action this upcoming weekend for college football. That is going to be must-see television, to say the least. Must-see TV happening in the SEC, the ACC, every conference you can imagine. Is there any game you're looking forward to the most? That's got to be the SEC championship game. Is it? Is it because this what, is? What are we gonna call it? Because think about this. This is a This is a. This is practically a national championship type of game. We saw this happen a couple years ago for the national championship, and Ohio State and Michigan was kind of our first, you know, first non-official playoff game that we had. This kind of feels like a playoff type of game between those two teams, and even Washington and Oregon pretty much feels like a playoff game as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think we'll get right into it. So, uh, with the first game, we have 
New Mexico State yep. on the road for Conference USA, taking on the number 24 Liberty Flames. Liberty minus 11 at favorites at home over underslay at a 56 and a half. Give me Liberty minus 11. They should be way higher in the polls. They are sleeping on this team. Uh, let's go Flames. I, I have love what Liberty has done, even with losing Q Freeze last season to go into Auburn. They've done a pretty good job this year. They're ranked 24th in the playoff poll. I agree with you. I think they win this one convincingly. Liberty minus 11. There's the first push of the day. All right. Sorry, Liberty. Next game we have here is number five, Oregon versus number three, Washington, being held in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada for the Pac-12 championship. Uh, can I get a prop bet of one of these players to get arrested before the game starts? Yikes. Listen, nothing against them, but like it's Vegas. It, Things it, happen. It, it's no one's, I'm not saying anything bad's gonna happen to him. Like, listen, like it's not it's Vegas. Yeah. These things happen. I'm not I gonna know, fault. I know, I know what you're getting up. Listen, I'm not maybe not arrested, but you know, um, they stay out too late. Like one of these teams is not gonna be at 100, percent and that's just the nature of the beast having things in, in Las Vegas. We're gonna see the same thing with the NBA playing tournament in a couple weeks still. Shout out to the Knicks. They made the play in. Shout out to Knicks only get slaughtered by the Bucks. Yeah, it's gonna, that's probably not going to be uh, fun for us. Anyway, anyway we, we have number five, Oregon, minus nine and a half, nine, minus nine and a half point favorites, a whole almost yeah. t- two scores, and st- slated over under 65 and a half. I think this is a little disrespectful to Washington. Give me nine and a half points plus for Washington. It's, uh, it's going to be a game. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but it's definitely not going to be two score. It's going to be one score game. Now, remember what happened when we when – we, you know, first previewed their first matchup between these two teams. The spread going into that game was not this. It was a Washington minus three and a half. The way That's Washington a, has been the last a ten point weeks, swing. Right. I think it's due to the fact of how Washington has looked their last couple of games. As I mentioned earlier, their last three have all been one possession games, and they have snuck on to win each of those games. Oregon and their last couple of games have looked pretty much convincing all the way. They've looked really good, and I think that's why they're this big of a favorite because of the momentum they currently have going on. And to me, honestly, I know you don't tend to agree with it. I tend to believe that this is pretty much a win-and-in scenario for the Pac-12. Even if Oregon wins, I still think they get in just because of where they're currently ranked. I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, uh, and that's fair. You're in. But we can agree to disagree, and we can go into the next game now. I'm going to um, take uh, – I didn't I didn't make my pick. I'll just say Washington 9.5 as well. I think it's also disrespectful to Washington. So right two motions. Let's go. Yeah. I, I, I just – it just – to me, I think Washington doesn't win, but I just think it's really disrespectful to a team that is undefeated at this point in the season, and they're the third-ranked team in the country for a reason. I know maybe they haven't looked great, but – they're still undefeated for a reason. Now, you just spent the entire year working your ass off in the MAC. Hell yeah. You're... What do you win? A trip to Detroit to play in the championship game. And these two teams are Miami of Ohio, not the University of Miami in Florida, but Miami of Ohio, taking on the Toledo Rockets for the MAC championship game. Toledo is a minus eight point favorite over Undersleet at 44.5. Give me Toledo minus eight. They're going to steamroll Miami, Ohio, which is even. It's, but not even the best Miami. No offense. Hey, hey, Ben Roethlisberger went there. He did. He did. And um, Derek Carr went to what? Fresno State? He did. Okay. And what have they done since? Both those teams. Exactly. <laughs> now make your pick. <laughs> uh, Would you go with Toledo minus eight? Yes, sir. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Give me the over. Why not? 
matching football. We want to see some points. Listen, I'm listen. I got no dogs in any, a lot of these games, but I'm just here to look, watch some good football, and call it how it is. Love some action, but we also like this upcoming matchup. Even though, even though this team is still not what they used to be, but we still like the matchup nonetheless. Yeah, and that is Boise State taking on the University of Nevada, Las Vegas for the Mountain West Championship. Uh, Pac-12 Junior going on over here. Uh, Boise State minus two and a half point favorites, and the over under slated at fifty and a half. Give me the Boise. Give me Boise State blue turf. Minus two and a half. Not only are they going to win, they're going to cover. I didn't realize that this game was in, also at Allegiant Stadium. I, I, I honestly is. did not know that UNLV has been playing their games at Allegiant Stadium most of the season. They have the entire year. They have like a uh, a deal of them. Yeah, that's good for them. That's good. Gives them some uh, potential, you know, opportunity. Listen, it's, it's good for the conference, too. Yeah, so I bet everyone else. All those players, like, listen, like, like you know, if the Big East and St. John's plays in Madison Square Garden, like, you tell the kids, oh, yeah, you not only you play your conference championship game in Madison Square Garden, you can play at least one non-conference game there, too. So to them, it's like, oh, yeah, I can play Madison Square Garden at least two or three times this year. That's uh, that's that's an attractive, uh, you know, possibility. But yes. I digress. Anyway, I will uh, take Boise State money line in this one um, for pretty much for nostalgia feeling because I love blue turf and I uh, want Boise State to win. So no disrespect to the Rebels. Yeah, like we said, no disrespect. Just looking forward to some quality football. And the next quality football game we have is the Sun Belt Championship. And we have Troy minus six point favorites at home. 52 and a half is the split. Is Appalachian State, which is the alleged alma mater of listener Sean Mulligan, uh, at Troy right now. So the alleged uh, the alleged alma mater of or one of our Jace listeners. Jace Masson should be in this game. They should. They should be in this game, but we got App State instead. Anyways. Uh, give me App State plus six. I feel like, you know, just that's, that's what I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, I watch every Sunbelt football game. I've probably seen four Sunbelt football games, if that, the entire year. And most of them probably James Madison. <laughs> and most of them probably were James Madison games. You're right. I was watching yeah. the James Madison game the other day when they blown them oh, out by 50 points, Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. But give me App out. State plus six. Uh, I'm gonna have another mush. I have App State plus six as well, and that's also for nostalgia feeling because I just love App State and them pulling off upsets. I think they do it again. Not really willing to take money line, but I think they can win this one. Okay, so the next game we have is some AAC actions. The the ACC Junior. We have the SMU Mustangs at the number twenty two Tulane Green Wave all the way down there down south. Uh, Tulane at home, minus three and a half point favorites, and the over-under slate at 47 and a half. Give me Green Wave, minus three and a half. I'm not even going to, no offense to Southern Methodist, but give me Green Wave. Now, think about this for Tulane going into this playoff next year. They potentially could be one of those teams that sneak in as the final team to make it in the college football playoff, which is a kind of a wild scenario. But even for this year, think about the implications. A win, and they're pretty much going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. So this is a big game for Tulane in their program. They made it there last year and defeated USC. But Johnson, most of my picks have been nostalgia picks, and I'm going to continue it. I'm going to take SMU plus three and a half. All righty, then. Someone didn't get the uh, get the memo. It's not 2013 anymore. Hey, listen, Tulane might win by a field goal. That's perfectly fine with me. The half point is all I need. All right, I, I respect it. Anyway, we have the, uh, I guess the first of the Power Four championship conferences now because the Pac-12 is dead. Uh, well, we got the Pac-12 already, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying the future yeah, power four. The, the, the Pac-12 yeah. is dead. 
They are gonna, we have, they're going to get a good last championship. I didn't mean to cut you off, but they are going to get a good last championship game for the Pac-12. Nice swan song. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be like the Big East where they come back and take revenge on people because college football doesn't work like that. Right. Anyways, anyway. we have number 14 Louisville, the Cardinals uh, playing number four Florida State in the, uh, I was gonna say the state of Charlotte, in the city of Charlotte, in the state of North Carolina. Florida State minus two and a half point favorites over under slated at 47 and a half. Give me the Cardinals plus two and a half. They're gonna be looking to play spoiler. And I think they can win by uh, at least cover. I don't think there'll be a, a one-score game. I think it'll be a one- or two-point win for the uh, the Seminoles at the end of the day. But give me Louisville to cover here. I got a Louisville money line. You think they could win outright? I, Louisville's coming off a, a downer against Kentucky. They let the game slip away from them. But now this is a chance to write their season and win ACC championship game. You're facing a backup quarterback. You realistically have to make Florida State throw the football. If you're able to make Florida State throw the football, maybe he makes mistakes and for and you force a couple turnovers. Remember what they did against Notre Dame earlier in the year? They were able to do that against Sam Hartman, and I think that's why they win this game. Their defense had a big letdown against Kentucky. I think they bounce back and they pull off the first upset of the week. I think they win the ACC championship game. Okay, but next we have the Big 12 Championship, and I will take a prop bet on this one as well, just for the listeners out there. Not going to be counting towards my official record, but this is my prop bet. We have number 18, Oklahoma State, versus number 7, Texas. I guess it's a Texas home game. It's in Arlington, not exactly Austin, but it's a a Texas home game. Uh, Texas, pretty much at home, minus 15.5 point favorites. 54.5 is the slate and over-under. I'm going to take Texas minus 15.5, and for the listeners at home that don't know about this, but... WWE has a partnership All with the right. Big 12 where the MVP of this game will get a championship belt. So I will have the Texas Longhorns wing this game and the Undertaker given uh, Quinn Ewers that championship <laughs> belt. That is my prop bet. Okay. I, you know what? I don't hate that at all. Uh, but unfortunately for Texas listeners, they're going to want to cringe because I also have Texas minus 15 and a half. Oh, sorry, Texas. You're done too. Goodbye. They still can win, but I don't know. Uh, the cover might be in trouble. And we're definitely in trouble now. We have in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana, number 16, Iowa, the best offense in the country, of course, taking on number two, Michigan. That Iowa oh, offense no. is a real slobber knocker, a real powerhouse. I got it's so much of a powerhouse. Over under for the half for Iowa to score is plus 0.5. The bookmakers <laughs> don't even think they're going to score a point this first half. With that being said, the booker, the bookmakers are wrong. Uh, it's. I'm sorry, but before I get to my pick, it's Michigan minus 21 and a half, and over, over under slate at 35 and a half. Everyone else in the 40s and 50s, not this, not this team. You're gonna get 14 <laughs> points on one side, and you're gonna like it. But with that being said, give me Iowa plus 21 and a half to lose a 10 to three game. Now, now, question for you, Johnson. Uh, I got a great answer for you. for you. Uh, Iowa total punts in this game over under seven. I was gonna put 12 and a half. I'm going to say seven because Michigan's going to hold the ball for a long time. I would hammer the over because I think even if they do hold the ball over Iowa, I don't, uh, no offense to them. They've had a good year. Uh, I shouldn't say a good, they, they are a great year. They had a great year. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it on paper because they've played some ugly football, but they've won all their, they pretty much won of all those ugly games. That's what's so weird about them. Anyway, I will take Michigan minus 21 and a half. They are, Proven to be one of the best teams in all college football, rivaling with Georgia. I think they win this one convincingly, and I th- honestly don't think Iowa scores more than three points in this game. 
Wow. Okay. That's um. Yeah. That's concerning. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, listen, Iowa. It would be crazy if they could pull it off, but I don't see it. I just don't see it happening. All right, and that leaves us for the best game in this uh, college football playoff. We have the SEC championship, the de facto national championship. We have the number eight Alabama Crimson Tide going pretty much on the road to number one Georgia. They're playing in Atlanta. The Bulldogs pretty much at home. Georgia minus five and a half point favorites over under slate at 54 and a half. Give me Georgia to cover here. They've been an unstoppable monster for the last month, and they're not going to stop here. I'm not saying Alabama won't score, but they've scared me. They, they really scared me versus Auburn. Like I said, I, no, last week that was going to be a very close game, which they could have lost, and they almost proved me right. But give me Georgia cover here. Give me Georgia and the points. So five and a half. Think about the history of this rivalry, if you want to put it, um, with these two teams and what's happened in Atlanta, Georgia. The last time they met in the SEC Championship game, Alabama won convincingly by 17 points. Remember what happened in the building as well for the National Championship. Alabama won on that thriller touchdown from Tua to Devonta Smith. I'm, I have said all year, chaos is going to happen. I've already put Louisville as my favorite to win the ACC Championship game. I think Alabama is going to be Georgia. I have Alabama money line. Bama has played. Listen, I know they had a a big time scare against Auburn. So did Georgia. Georgia had a scare against Georgia Tech. Both teams are coming off a really concerning win their last game. I just think the way Bama's playing, I think it's going to be down to quarterback play. I've liked what I've seen from Jalen Monroe compared to Carson Beck his last couple weeks. And I know it's crazy for me to take go against Georgia considering they've won back to back national championships. I just don't think they get it done this time. I think Alabama gets into the SEC championship game, wins this game, and they will make the college football playoff. All righty, then. With that being said, we have I think we have another bonus, though, we will. Uh, for we our will. listeners at home. Would you like to explain? Well, we now have the final four. So we've already made our predictions for this week. Now, I've already spoiled by one of my teams that I think is going to make the college football playoff, that being Alabama. But let's give our final four prediction because, as I mentioned earlier on, the final the final four teams will be announced this Sunday to go into the college football playoffs. So we made our predictions earlier this season. Really didn't go our way, you know. I think I had two right. You had three right, if I'm not mistaken. That are currently at least are still in the picture as of right I've now. I've three out of four, and if you see, I've preloaded my answers besides one of them. Right, I just say that now. Um, but. Let's now dive into who we think will be in the final four. Would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? I'm going to go first. I said from the beginning, it's going to be Michigan, Georgia, Texas. Uh, I had A&M in there, but you saw how their season went. Probably just the fan picking me. But give me, I said this team was going to the ACC, and they're not only going to win the ACC, they're going to make the playoffs too. So it's going to be FSU, Michigan, Georgia, and Texas. Okay. This has been tough for me. Because here's how I look at it. Is if Bama wins and Texas wins, I think you have to put both of them in. Florida State, and I, I picked Louisville to win this week. I don't think – I think Florida State does not make it. Um, Then you're looking at the other scenario now with the Pac-12, in which, in my opinion, it's winning in. And then you're looking at – the. Uh, it's really down to that or Georgia 
If Georgia loses, do they get in? Do they get, you know, relegated to number five and they just miss out? I think, for me, it happens because of this game between Oregon and Washington. I think, for me, I know people might not agree with it. I think it's truly a win-and-in scenario for that conference. And for me, I have my final four teams being Michigan. I'm going to go with Oregon. Alabama and Texas. Not in that order, but if I had to pick the order, it would be Michigan, Oregon, Texas, Alabama would be my final four. All righty, then. So I think that kind of recaps everything we had to say. Before we sign off and before we kind of summarize the uh, what we just did with all the championships there, anything else to add before we uh, we sign off tonight? Uh. <laughs> What much more can you say about what's going on with college football right now? I think there's a lot to be um, spoke about. And um, overall, it's really going to come down to how these teams will perform this upcoming weekend and who will ultimately be that final four teams going in to that college football playoff. So I think we're in for some great football this upcoming weekend. And I'm really looking forward to seeing who those final four teams will be on Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and uh, I hope the committee doesn't do anything stupid, but don't hold your breath. <laughs> yep, not going to get my hopes up. Yeah, do not get your hopes up. That's the moral of college football. Never get your hopes up, but hopefully we have hope a lot for to talk the about best, this coming week. Hope for the best, expect the worst. Right, exactly. So we'll have to see how it all unfolds. But that's going to do it for this episode of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. In our next episode, we will talk about this past weekend's NFL slate, a interesting week in the NFL. But for college football, we now head into conference championship week. We now look to see who the final four teams will be in the college football playoff and who will get one step closer to playing for a national championship. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. We'll see you back for our next edition with the NFL right here 